It's the M&S Monthly Podcast Show. Michael and Simon will share their best tips and secrets to provide inspiration for fellow entrepreneurs and business leaders. I hope you like the show. Let's get it started. And on today's M&S Monthly Podcast Show, I have with me Simon T. And today we're going to be speaking about referrals. So what does a referral mean exactly? And why don't we openly ask for referrals from our friends, our relatives, and even better, our current customers? Because our current customers, they're customers because they like what we do for them. So why don't many more people ask? It's an easier way of winning new business. Wouldn't you agree, Simon? I would, Michael. Hello. Uh, I think this is a great topic. We were out walking again, weren't we, the other day on our current adventure, the Pilgrim's Way, and we got talking about referrals. So we thought we would just share that conversation with people because referrals it's obvious, really, but referrals are the best way of growing our business. And yet most of us don't actually have a referral strategy. Or even ask your current customers, who do you know that need the same service that you currently buy from me? I think we're good at asking um, if people would recommend us you know, would you recommend me? But that's not the same as having a very clear way of asking for referrals and being really specific about it. Yeah, because I I think to me, asking for a recommendation, you know, asking you to recommend me is like a scattergun approach. What we need really is a sniper strategy to get more and more referrals. And I think there's a way that we can do that. So when you say uh, recommend me, so you go to your client and say, would you mind recommending me to your network? What exactly are you asking for there? For them to recommend you, for their recommendation of their client to give you a call? Or what what, what are you saying there exactly? What I'm saying is that in my experience, we feel... We're very comfortable asking people to recommend us, but we're not so comfortable to ask for a referral. And there's a big difference between a recommendation and a referral because clients will always say, of course, Michael, I always recommend you. You know, I'll recommend you to everybody I speak to. I'll recommend you to my clients. No problem. But that recommendation either happens or it doesn't happen. Uh, If it happens, it still doesn't lead to business coming in your direction. Not not that often anyway, in in my experience. I find that recommendations, again, it's like that scattergun approach. They're going out there, they'll recommend you. But I think people nowadays need something more than a recommendation to, to make the step of approaching you. So are you saying, therefore, a recommendation is a passive action, whereas a referral is a deliberate action? For example, 
I know I, I should ask so many more people for a referral because our network, obviously after 20 years plus in business, we know so many people. I've also got a large family. And if I was thinking about this uh, podcast today, and I was thinking, when was the last time I asked my many brothers and sisters for a referral? Obviously, they would recommend me to people they know. But who do you know who they know? And is that passive? That's passive, right? Yeah, I think it's passive because I believe they would recommend you at the drop of a hat. You know, it's it's easy to recommend people, you know, but it, it's much more difficult to refer people because a, ref, a recommendation is something that, you know, I would recommend you to all of my friends, but I wouldn't necessarily refer all of my friends to you. I would only refer the person to you that I know right now has a specific need for what you do. And that's the difference, I think, because if I if I know someone who needs and has that need for what you do and you ask me for that referral, I'm much more likely to give it in a way that that person will be in front of you. One way or another, that person will end up actually being in front of you. And that's the key, isn't it? I think Jim Rome talks about major time and minor time, doesn't he? And he says, he says things like, you know, writing emails, um, doing your website. This is all minor time. Um, even, even having some kind of uh, conversations with people that are not your clients. It's all minor time. Major time is the actual meeting with a prospect or a client that, that results in business being generated. So are you saying recommendations are minor time and referrals are major time? In the eye of the customer sitting there having a conversation is major time. Getting there is minor time. So when was the last time you asked for a referral then, Simon? That's such a good question. Well, I know the answer. Well, I'm struggling to answer it. And if you ask that question again, but ask it of the audience, I suspect that most of us are struggling to answer it. When was the last time I specifically asked for a referral? Before we answer that question, <laughs> before we attempt to answer it, could we ask, well, what would be the lead up to asking for a referral? What's, is there a referral process? You know, is there, is there that sweet spot moment when there's a trigger in your mind to think, ah, oh, that's triggered me now asking the question, you know, would you give me a referral? Would you, um, who, who do you know that needs the service I'm offering or that needs the service you're receiving? What's the lead up to that conversation? 
I think it's an easy one when you refer to your family and your close network of people, because I think close family and network of uh, friends should be referring you all the time. Uh, I don't see it that often, if I'm honest. But what is the lead up to actually asking for the referral? Well, it's quite clear that you need to be doing a good job for that client, uh, that they like, they cherish it. And how long does that client need to have stayed with your business before you ask for the referral? Because some people might think it's being a bit too uh, forward, asking for a referral. But I, I think if the person likes you, they trust you, they buy from you, they're spending their hard-earned money with you, I think um, any time is the right time. But you ask the question, what do you do in the lead-up? I think you should just ask for it. There is a bit of a process, I believe. Uh, and th there are some things at least to consider. So I know someone who's done a lot of work around this is a chap called Marcus Buckingham. And he came up with this concept of net promoter score. And the idea is that you send, if you like, uh, a very short survey to your client after they've had a recent interaction with you. Yeah, booking.com are very good at it. You know, you book a hotel and then before you know it, once you've had that stay, you get an email and they're asking you to score one out of 10 on your experience. That's a net promoter score. And, and so if you score anything between one and nine, the research shows that you're not likely to get a referral, even at nine. It's only the 10 out of 10s where people would feel comfortable promoting you. Because what they're basically saying is, wow, Michael, you're, you're a 10 out of 10. It doesn't get any better than that. Yeah, you were outstanding. The 10 is an excellent, it's a mark of excellence. So if I'm receiving the kind of service from you that's a 10 out of 10, I'm going to be delighted. I'm not only going to just like what you do, I'm going to love what you do. The idea behind the 10 out of 10 net promoter score is to differentiate between clients that like what you do and those who are raving fans of what you do. And the raving fan, if you can then identify that you have in front of you a raving fan, someone who's saying 10 out of 10, this is outstanding. I love what you do, Michael. That's the buying signal, if you like. That's, that's the place where if you ask in the right way, you're very likely to get and receive from that person a referral. So when was the last time? you gave a review that was 10 out of 10 or five star review. I'm remembering my booking.com experience, um, but let's see if I can take that more to a client where I've given a referral. That would be interesting, wouldn't it? So um, I'm, I have a firm of accountants who I feel is a really excellent, they're 10 out of 10. Yes. And I, everything I've seen about them, I've been really impressed with. So in that case, where where I've had a conversation with them about something and they've then said to me, so, Simon, you know, you, you're you're clearly delighted. 
Yeah, who do you know who would be just as delighted? Because maybe they're not so delighted with their existing accountants. But if you're delighted, then we're hopeful they would also be delighted with us. Who do you know that's in that place that aren't scoring a 10 out of 10 for their existing accountants? So their strategy is to create that question mark between the service someone else is receiving from their competitor to the service that you're saying they're providing. Yeah. And I've given them several referrals recently on that basis. Would you mind sharing with our listeners who the accounting firm is? Because that's the idea of it, isn't it? If someone's doing exceptional service, 10 out of 10 or five star, why wouldn't you refer that business on? I love to see exceptional companies, exceptional people, but companies with great customer service. And I generally rave about that level of service I got. But actually, in reality, it's rare that I go over and above for that service. And I actually think I should be. And I say that because when I get poor service or shockingly a poor product, I shout more about that service than I do about the exceptional service. So who was that firm of accountants? Do you mind sharing that firm? Uh, Yes, of course. I'm sure they'll be delighted (laughs) for me to mention. So the accountant is um, uh, Eddie Taylor and the partner for the firm, the senior partner is Rob Reynolds and and the firm is Azets Accountants. They were previously known as Wilkins Kennedy and there have been a number of different firms over the time, but they're now owned by Azets, which is a national accountancy practice. And I've been delighted with everything that they've done and, and, for the, and I've given them several referrals. I don't know how they've got on with those referrals, but, you know, that's the name of the game, isn't it? You give the referral and you, you hope that uh, it's going to result in something. And why did you give the referral exactly for Azets? Or was it the person or was it the firm that you thought of first? It was definitely the person. And I think that's a very valid point that you say, because, you know, there might be other people who have who leave assets because they're not happy with the service that they're getting from a particular person. Uh, and, and that's often the case, isn't it? We we are delighted by by people, by people. It's a people business. Every business is a people business, even an online business. You know, it's about the people behind it that make it work. So yeah, very much the, I had the person in mind. And I actually think it comes from the culture within the company. And what I find is when the people within the company are happy and they're delighted and delightful to work with, it makes the whole process so much easier to refer that person and therefore the company. 
So what do you do when you find someone who's really not achieving their true, a, their true mark in what you uh, are looking for? Do you tell them? You obviously don't refer them. But what should be the process there? I think it's really important that we do give feedback, you know, that we do make our feelings known and our thoughts known. If we've received what we feel is poor service, and I had a shocking case of service yesterday with my insurance company, um, which took me three hours to sort out something that could have been done in 15 minutes, you know. Now, that service is poor my end, but from their end, I spoke to several different people. So there's, you, you feel like you're banging a head against a brick wall. And it's that kind of service that you then start questioning, well, would I actually go back there? Now, if someone, if I'm having this conversation with you now like this, you could very well easily turn around and say, oh, Simon, you should deal with my insurance company. They're awesome. Now we're talking about a referral conversation, aren't we? So I often think the two are intertwined, poor service and outstanding service. If we talk about the both, there will always be that crossover of, oh, you're telling me that the service there was rubbish. I know somewhere where it's really good. Um, and, and, and as business owners, I encourage us all to have these kind of conversations because it, this is what drives improvement in the business that is underperforming. You know, if they listen to the feedback, they'll make the changes and make the improvements. I know for my business, if ever I get any feedback that is below a 10 out of 10, then the, my, my question always back to them is, okay, it's a nine out of 10 from you or a five out of 10 from you. What's the one thing we could do to improve? That feedback is like gold dust. You know, the analogy, I think we've used this analogy on our podcast before, but I wouldn't mind sharing it again. The analogy of the, the restaurant, you know, we all go out to restaurants at some point in our life for a nice meal. And we're going out to a restaurant exactly for that reason. We want a nice meal, a nice experience. Yeah. And we sit down and the steak arrives and it's tough as old boots. The service is rubbish. The peas are cold whatever you know there's a there's a scenario where you sat there and you're you're actually very disappointed however where i believe the restaurant industry goes wrong is they have a standard question that they've trained their staff to ask every time is your meal okay is everything okay is what they ask and the problem for us as very polite British people, as we're chewing on our steak and almost choking on it, we say, what do we say? We say, oh, yeah, everything's fine. Thank you very much. But we've already said in the back of our head, I'm never coming back to this restaurant ever again. Yeah, but that's a different, that's a different thing, though, isn't it? Well, yeah, but hear me out a second. If the question was different, if the question from the, the waitress or waiter would be something like, is there anything we could do to improve your experience with us today? 
it would be a different conversation because now I will, would feel comfortable to say, well, actually, the one thing you could improve is cooking the steak or the peas were cold or whatever. With that feedback, they've got the opportunity to do something. You know, if the manager then comes out and says, oh, Michael, I'm really sorry to hear about your, your steak. You know, we, it shouldn't be like that. We'd like to give you a free drink on the house or something like that. You might feel inclined to go back again in the hope that they will make the improvement. And in fact, you're more likely to tell your friends about a more positive experience than, oh, don't ever go to that restaurant. Don't go there. You might go back. It might have improved, in which case you're going to start to become a raving fan of that restaurant. Simon, you're stating uh, a fairly number of simple, obvious uh, solutions to this issue. So why do you think so many restaurants do not listen and apply simple solutions to a situation that I have to say is all too common i think it's not just restaurants but it's many many businesses it's almost like we're afraid we're afraid of hearing the truth we're a, we're a, we, we think we've got it right we don't want to hear that we haven't got it right because we're too busy with so many other things and we stop that journey of continuous improvement in our business and this is where clients will leave you they won't stay you, you will find it hard to build a business when you've got a hole in your bucket, where you're spending all of your time trying to attract people to your restaurant. They come and they never come back again. You know, for me, the real measure of a successful restaurant or any other business for that matter is how much repeat business are you getting? And if those clients come back and back and back and back, I liken it to your business, Michael. You know, you, I think you have absolutely nailed this in the sense of the service. You may not have nailed the referral bit because that's the next step on. But you've nailed the fact that people come back to you again and again and again because you've made the process of buying office goods, office equipment, office furniture really simple and straightforward through your website. And there's that backup of interacting with your sales team if there's something more complex needed. But the service is excellent. You, the order arrives on time. You're kept advised every step of the way. You're asked for your feedback. And you can give that score. Yeah, and that's all brilliant. I suppose what might be going through your head and what's now going through my head is how good are you at taking that 10 out of 10, that five-star review and going back to that client and really understanding why are they a raving fan and what conversations could they have on your behalf to refer the people that they know in business that are not getting the same experience? Yeah, thanks for sharing your thoughts about the business I currently run. And I have to say to our listeners, it's taken me over 20 years to master the mundane by implementing technology when all companies around me and around the country and around the globe were becoming more and more sophisticated 
than they have ever been. So I, I thank you for your commendation for the great work that my team are doing, delivering excellence for our customers. I just want to take you back to your situational analysis of the restaurant and add a bit more in there, Simon. We're going to talk about the bill time. You mentioned you've had a piece of steak that was chewy like an old boot and the peas were cold and the chips or new potatoes weren't really good quality food. And the waitress or waiter comes up and says, here's your bill, sir. And there's a tip included. And you're expected to leave a tip. I like giving tips on the basis that I like to reward people for doing a good job. And by the way, do you know what tip stands for? A tip stands for to ensure promptness. But if the service was not prompt and the quality of food was not good, why should you tip? Because coming back to the original point of referrals, giving a tip indicates that you've done a great job. And the more it is, the better the job you've done. And I think too many people give tips irrespective of the service or the quality of the goods. And I think we're doing a disservice to the establishment or the corporation or the company when we willingly give a reward for not a great result. Yeah, I, I just think it's British, our, Brit, our Britishness. I, I think it's quite unique to our culture that we will give the tip because it's easier to give the tip than enter into a conversation about uh, a level of dissatisfaction that we might have. I had an old boss when I worked for NatWest and he had this saying, which I think is true of every single business and business owner listening. And he said that, Simon, he said, when someone walks into the bank and walks out again, having done what they came to do, one of only two things will have happened in respect of our brand and our reputation. He said, there's no middle ground. It's one of these two things. Either the client's view of our brand and reputation will have been enhanced or it will have been diminished. So in, in, it, sometimes it, it's a tiny diminishment or a tiny enhancement, but the experience that they've just had with your business today, they've either had their experience enhanced or diminished. And I think that's a really good way to think about how we're looking after our customers. Are we enhancing the, their experience or diminishing it? And where it is diminished, are we honest enough to say, yeah, actually, it probably was diminished? And then are we quick enough to go to that client or to look at that situation and make the improvements that are needed so that the next time they interact with you, the, the service is enhanced? Because we want to push them all up into that 10 out of 10 bracket 
because it's the fans that will refer us. It's the fans that will say, I know someone, Simon, who, who really could do with the kind of service that I'm getting from you. So based on our conversation today, Simon, around referrals and what we should be doing in the, the runway before you ask a client or a friend or a relation for that referral, what three things can you share with our listeners that you would do that you haven't been doing in the last couple of years? Yes, well, I unique maybe to my industry as a coach and working with clients, so it's a service industry as opposed to selling product. But for me, I think what's important is the feedback from the client. So I often ask, one of the things I do ask for a lot is a testimonial. I've even got now this little video program where I can send the client a link and they can give me a video testimonial very simply and easily. And it comes straight to me. What is that link? What's the company? Do you know? It's called Video Art. Very good it is. Um, I, I can share the link with you anyway, and we can put it in the notes for the podcast, can't we? Uh, but once I've got a testimonial from someone, when I look at it and I've got that sense of that warm feeling, because if the testimonial is literally they're raving about my service and saying how wonderful, how transformational it's been for their business, et cetera, et cetera, I will now pick the phone up to that client and say, wow, you've just blown me away with that. You know, I'm really pleased. Thank you so much. Do you mind me asking you one more question? And now I'm warming up to the killer question. <laughs> and the question is, who do you know that you interact with in business? Either a neighbor, a client, a supplier that could do with what you've just spoken about on your testimonial? that could do with the kind of help that you're receiving from me, who do you know? Have you had any of those conversations with anyone that might be struggling or might be looking for some solutions in the same way you have? And I'm very deliberately trying to describe that kind of client because I'm hoping it will trigger a name in the head of the person that I'm asking. And if it triggers the name, that's all I need. Do you have any other ideas? Um, I, I think we could be quite good on LinkedIn. I think there's LinkedIn. What I love about LinkedIn is you can get endorsements. You can ask for recommendations. You can give recommendations. Um, and I think that's another good way of building up to this place where we ask for referrals. Uh, and, and have a, a referral strategy that looks at where are the key places you would like to win business from? Do I have a referral strategy from all of those places? It's really interesting you say, but if I were to ask myself the same question, I think I would need to be deliberate in my plan and my strategy with regard to asking for referrals but I'd just like to say, based on your 
glaring testimonial for my company, Simon. Is there anyone you know in your network that you think could do with the sort of products that I supply and the technology I have adapted to make the purchase of office products seamless, easy, and simple to interact with? And if you do need to speak to someone, you have the privilege to speak to a UK-employed contact centre. They're employed by me to answer your, your queries or your questions about the service or about the product we supply. Yes, yes. Well... Uh, see, you've done a really good job there. And as, as you're speaking, my mind is, is going through clients and names. And that's important because sometimes we just ask for the referral. We just say, is there anyone you know that you can refer me to? And you stop there. I think we need to keep talking. Is there anyone you know that could do with the office built, you know, desks and chairs and someone at the end of the phone and all the great things you do because in my head as you're speaking I'm going well maybe no not them maybe them oh no not them oh now there's that company there they could do with some help because they're not so organized they could do with that part of their business being much better organized the office stationery where's it all purchased it's there's no one in charge of it and they buy from all different sources and different places and there's no strategy on it, but why not have it all under one roof? Have someone, you know, come just, and that's the beauty of what you do. It's all under one roof. It's a one-stop shop. And I have just thought of a name now, which I will not uh, make public on this podcast, but I will share with you afterwards. Thank you so much, Simon. I really do appreciate that. But I just want to ask you a second question. We've known each other for over 10 years. Why have we never referred each other up till now? This is the thing, isn't it? And I suspect this is the thing for all of us in business. You know, the cheapest way of winning clients is this way. Because it's just conversational. How much money are we all spending on boosting our posts, on Google advertising, on magazines or papers or, you know, wherever we're spending money on marketing and advertising? And yet we would all probably sit here and say the best way to build a business and the best business is referral business. Yet none of us have a really clear and working referral strategy and and then we go on for five years ten years and we haven't referred each other and we need to get better at it i need to get better at it you need to get better at it and hopefully our conversation is prompting everybody listening to think the same i certainly need to not be passive but deliberate in how i go about building the business at a time we all need to be actively referring people that do a good job people that are there for their clients doing what they say they're going to be doing 
And I'm really passionate about that, exactly. Because, you know, yes, I have my name above the door, but, you know, I also have my team delivering a great service too. And, and we don't always get it right. And I'll hold my hands up when we don't. But actually, on the whole, we do. And we, you know, you've got to be doing an awful lot of the right things to be going over 20 years in a market that I'm in, you're in, we're all in. Because we live in a global economy now that, yeah, sure, there are uniqueness out there. There are your niches out there. But you need to be deliberate in what you do by doing the simple stuff efficient and effectively for everyone to see. So as we bring today's show to an end, Simon, do you have a lasting thought to share with our listeners? Something special. Something special. Oh, my mind's gone blank now, Michael. Um, I, I, I've enjoyed this conversation. Uh, it's made me think my brain is whirring already about this issue of referrals and how good referral business is. I think the, uh, the passing comment is we need to be braver. Let's be brave. Yeah, let's be, we need, we're living in a world where we need to be brave. So let's be brave when we go out to those restaurants and we end up with the tough bit of steak on the plate to actually raise that question and, and say, you know, when the waitress comes up and says, is everything okay? I think it's important for us to say, I think you're asking me the wrong, the wrong question. <laughs> and, and where the steak is exceptional, that maybe we're also saying, I think you're asking me the wrong question because this is so good, you should be asking me something else. I think it's a really interesting point because uh, feedback is a gift. And if you had that bit of tough steak, you're never, never probably going back to that restaurant. So it doesn't matter to you. But by giving feedback, you're giving the feedback the owners, the waiters, the waitresses need to hear so that business can thrive going into the next period. Thanks so much, Simon, again. We will be back next month. And uh, thank you for our listeners for checking in with our podcast today. Thanks, everyone. See you soon. Today's show has been sponsored by www.teameasycrane.co.uk. We help you build your business and grow recurring profits. Thank you so much for listening. And don't forget to hit the subscribe button. You have been listening to the M&S Monthly Podcast Show with Michael and Simon. If you have enjoyed listening today, make sure you subscribe to the podcast on iTunes so you never miss an episode.